Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a problem. Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. We're so excited to have you back. We are going to continue today our free agency preview. Uh, we had a lot of fun things to say about wide receivers last week. The week before we hit on running back, or the week before we hit on uh, quarterbacks, that was a fun conversation for the quarterback carousel. So please be sure to go back and listen to those if you haven't already, because they were pretty awesome. Uh, for those of you who are just joining us recently, uh, I guess I should introduce myself. I am Kate. Your host, you can find me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. I'm Michelle. You can follow me at BallBlastum. And I'm the other person. I'm Jake Trowbridge. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge. If you haven't heard, Jake is our new and third co-host. We are so excited to have him here. Uh, Lots of exciting stuff happen. Everybody be sure to check out the website, uh, BallBlastFootball.com. We've got a lot of really nice rookie stuff going on. Super excited about that. We've got lots of rookie profiles. We are going to get you set for your dynasty drafts. But first, I think we just need to we need to dive into the podcast because we're not there yet. Uh, we are we're approaching the start of the the new league season. It starts March seventeenth. All teams must be under the cap. We can start uh, those trade negotiations. We can start. Legally tampering as of March 15th. That's always a fun time. Wow, that's so soon. It normally feels like there's such a long wait between the Super Bowl and free agency. And this year, it's just flown by. We're going to have it in like five seconds. And I think we're all getting super excited about the draft and rookies. But free agency is a massive impact on where these rookies could go. Like, what are still the needs after free agency? Does someone sign a big free agent rookie uh, or free agent running back uh, so they don't need a rookie running back anymore. It's going to be a lot of fun. Every year, though, uh, the first day of free agency, are you guys both just sitting at the computer refreshing, 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 and then, like, nothing happens? <laughs> yeah, I, I I wait around the entire day. Nothing. I mean, this Yeah, it's like I set an alert on my phone, on my calendar, and I'm like, look, this is when I have to check Twitter immediately. Yeah. And then I'm always disappointed, and I never learn my lesson. Yeah, it's like we check the second it turns into like, oh, they can start signing now. But like, it might take a few minutes to get those uh, situations established and actually build a contract. Except you definitely know some of them tamper because it's like, one minute after, oh, we signed this guy. It's like, okay, how did you do that in 60 seconds? But Like, God, you guys are negotiating very, very quickly. It's like, man, no thought went into that deal whatsoever. I am a little worried that with the cap space issues this year, um, for so many teams, that free agency might be very, very slow. Yeah, you do have to wonder how aggressive teams are going to be. Uh, I think the cap is what set at $180 million this year. But good for us. We didn't even have to wait till free agency. 
for good news or for exciting news this offseason. We had the Matthew Stafford trade. And then last week we had Carson Wentz trade. I love that that wasn't even the the Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff trade. It was just the Matthew Stafford. <laughs> no one trade. cares about the Jared Goff side. Oh, my goodness. He's he's already the disrespect. <laughs> but we did have Carson Wentz last week get traded to the Indianapolis Colts. I love that. I really do. I, well, it, so the issue why I love it, okay? This is the reason why I love it. Because it was between the Bears and the Colts. Like, Yes. I, anything's better than the Bears. <laughs> it's 100%. It's, it, it could not be a more different situation to go into if yeah. he was traded to the Bears. Which, by the way, I thought he was going to the Bears for sure. It just seemed like it was trending that way. Same. And I was so excited to not have a single share of Carson Wentz. And then look at that guy go to Indy. And yeah, if you have him on a roster, you are much happier with him going to Indianapolis. Jake, who would you rather have, Carson Wentz or Jared Goff on your... Don't <laughs> on don't your, you do this to me. On your dynasty don't roster. Don't you do this to me. So we traded in our dynasty league. Well, it was very close to the end of the actual season, yeah. I believe. I think it was right before the playoffs. I, yeah, I had Carson Wentz. I went ahead and traded him for the more secure option <laughs> in Jared Goff. I'm regretting that so hard. I believe you so, also so gave me a 2022 second. Yeah, I, look, I wish we could leave some of those details out. <laughs> I don't want people to know exactly how terrible I am at trading. I think I got a 2023rd in return, Ooh. though, so really pat myself on the back Fancy. for that. You know what? Jared Goff could end up being the better quarterback next year. I mean, I do believe he starts for Detroit. They have to sign some wide receivers. They're not going to go into the season with nobody. They have nobody <laughs> on the roster right now. Hey, Quintez Cephas is not nobody. They're going to get him some pieces. I, I think Jared Goff will be okay. But I am excited about Carson Wentz. It is kind of weird, though, because it feels like it's such a good landing spot. He finally has a good offensive line. He has a good running back. But really, the wide receiver slash tight end group is nothing that amazing. I'm excited for Michael Pittman in his second year. T.Y. Hilton is a free agent, and he's old anyways. <laughs> and there's not Paris Campbell's coming off an ACL tear. There's not a lot there. It is barren, and it's the the Colts field literally just reminds me of like the barren desert when you're you're walking along and there's this big cloud of dust, and then there's the little uh, what do they call those things? Tumbleweed, tumbleweed. Uh, yeah. Indy is a giant tumbleweed. So I don't, I just don't understand how this well, move is a, a well, great What's nice move. for them is that basically no team has any cap space. Well, the Colts actually do. They have the fourth most cap space out of any team. They have $43 million to work with this year. It's quite a lot compared to everyone else. So I do think they'll be able to sign one of those bigger free agent wide receivers if they want to. They can bring in Chris Godwin. That would be amazing. Chris Godwin, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell with Jonathan Taylor. Like that changes everything. Maybe they, they can steal Kyle Pitts in the first round. They've got to make He's a never lasting that long. big splash. They've got to make a very big splash. As I hit on earlier, we will be discussing free agent running backs in 2021, which teams are the most dire in need of the position, which let's be honest, there's actually uh, there's plenty of free agent running backs, but I feel like there's just not enough slots to go around. We just don't have enough landing spots for everybody to get uh, the the situation that they're hoping for. And there's a lot of mediocre free agent yeah. running backs. It seemed like before last season, like when we're sitting here last offseason, we're like, oh my God, next 
free agency is going to be insane with the running backs. And then everyone got re-signed. Like that 2017 amazing class, pretty much everyone got re-signed except for Aaron Jones. He's like the last great running back standing that's going to actually make it to free agency. So we'll talk about those mediocre folks and Aaron Jones <laughs> in a little bit. But should we get into our talk of the town? Yeah, I, I really yeah. love, love this new segment If you have not been with us over the last couple of shows, every single week we are doing a talk of the town to discuss one big discussion on Twitter that we just can't stop talking about. Let's get into it. You're the talk of the town. Talk of the town. This week, it is about Cortland Sutton. Andrew and Judy, don't be rude. Okay, okay. But I I feel like the the passion and the debate is coming from the Cortland Sutton side. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like we're debating as much about Jerry Judy as we are about Cortland Sutton and what his value is in that offense. So who is the alpha wide receiver in Denver? Discuss. I, w- I really want to hear Jake's side here. You said that you have a definite answer. I do. And my definite answer comes down to one simple area of their play, and really only one area, and it is red zone targets. So for me, if we're comparing the 2019 Cortland Sutton season to the 2020 Jerry Judy season, because that's all we have to work with here, their stats look basically good until you get to the red zone area for one of them. So Cortland Sutton in 2019 actually did very well. He had a 27.9% target share inside the red zone, which is great for his own team. It was eighth in the league for all pass catchers. That includes tight ends, running backs. Jerry Judy, on the other hand, boy, I had to go scrolling to find where he was on this list. He had an 8.8% team share inside the red zone. That was outside the top 150 pass catchers. That's terrifying. Now, the silver lining to that, you could look at it and say, well, that's bound to go up because look at how little that is. It would be foolish to bank on that being the exact same this year. But he also didn't have much competition. I mean, Cortland Sutton was not there last year. So what does that do? Does he take enough attention away to get him more red zone targets? I think that's the hope. Um, But for me, I still am more of a Sutton guy than a Judy guy. But I do believe that both with good quarterback play, can be very, very fantasy relevant next year. Well, you totally hit it right there. I mean, this discussion... With good quarterback play? This discussion is pointless <laughs> if we're going into next year with Drew Locke. Neither of them are going to be usable. Or they'll be usable, but they're not going to be consistent or good wide receiver fantasy assets with Drew Locke. He's not a good quarterback. I will put my reputation on that. He's not a good quarterback. Hot take. They need to move on (laughs) from him and hopefully they can find, I don't really know who they can bring in. Like that's a whole different discussion, but they need to find an upgraded quarterback. And then this discussion matters. I'm actually going with Jerry Judy here. You brought up that yes, Cortland Sutton was used more in the red zone, but it turned into nothing. He had six touchdowns, right? So he had that super, super high percentage of targets in the red zone. Six touchdowns. Now you might say, well, he had the high percentage, so that should increase if that continues. Sure. But his rookie season, he only had four touchdowns. Jerry Judy had three. It's not all that different. And Drew Locke only threw 16 passing touchdowns this year. 
16. <laughs> so it's gross. Jerry That's Judy's so gross. Three touchdowns look absolutely terrible, but when you see Drew Locke, their quarterback, through 16 on the season, that's pretty rough. I'm actually going with the Jerry Judy side here. I'm a big fan of Cortland Sutton, so this is nothing against him. I think he's a good talent. I just think Jerry Judy can be one of those great wide receivers in this league. Coming out of college in Alabama, you know, he was thought of as this very elite prospect. One of the best coming out of the draft in a long time. So I'm not willing to just give up on that this quickly. He was in a terrible offense. And, you know, it's weird, right? When we're thinking of rookie seasons, like we're thinking Justin Jefferson, great. T. Higgins, great. C.D. Lamb, great. Chase Claypool, great. And then Jerry Judy, terrible. But something interesting to note. So I look back from since 2015, only Amari Cooper, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, Stephon Diggs, Cooper Cup, D.K. Metcalf, Michael Thomas, Deontay Johnson. That's a good group of guys, right? Only those guys accounted for 21% of their team's receiving yards in their rookie season since 2015. Now, that's not including the 2020 class. If you include the 2020 class, that includes Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, Chase Claypool, CeeDee Lamb, and guess who? Jerry Judy. So yes, Jerry Judy's numbers weren't good, but it's because his team's numbers suck. So if you look percentage-wise, he does he did everything else that those guys did. He actually did more. So T. Higgins, 23.9%. Jerry Judy, 23.3%. And again, we're looking at the percentage of the receiving yards based on their team's receiving yards. Claypool, 21.1%. CeeDee Lamb was down at 20.7, nearly 3% less than Jerry Judy. Yes, those guys had more competition than Jerry Judy did. You're bringing in Sutton, but he also had a terrible quarterback. And he also, they just didn't throw a lot in Denver. I'm excited to see what Jerry Judy can do. And I, I'm not going to give up on his talent yet. Before I let Kate speak, I know I'm going off on a tangent here. One wild stat is Jerry's Judy catch percentage was all the way down at 46%. Terrible. Terrible. And he did have some drops. But 46 of his 110 targets were uncatchable. 46 of his 110 targets were uncatchable. (laughs) That's the third most uncatchable targets in the league this season. Terrible situation. Don't give up on him yet. It is a terrible situation. And I do think that what sets these guys apart for me in terms of who is the more dominant wide receiver on the offense, I'm going to look at the the player that I think has less dependency on the quarterback situation. I do think it's Jerry Judy. Jerry I think Judy. he's Joey, Joey Judy. <laughs> I think it's Joey Judy. Uh, I think he's more capable after the catch. I do think that we can count on, on his separating abilities his route running to maybe get him open in situations that maybe a quarterback wouldn't be necessarily that great at throwing him open into I just think that he is a little less dependent on the quarterback situation because I I count on him as a, a better play after the catch Cortland Sutton though he has led the team in average death of target for uh, two consecutive seasons fantastic but if you don't have a quarterback that can accurately place a ball, it doesn't mean anything. And we have to consider the ACL injury a little bit for Cortland Sun. It did happen in, what, was it week one? So he had plenty yeah, of time early. to recover. But it might take him a little bit to get back to his old self, which his old self was just fine. It wasn't like anything amazing. 
You want to talk about dominant? Let's talk about Tim Patrick. Oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> but but Corlin, Corlin Sutton also suffered from bad quarterback play, so it is yeah. tough to – and he was a, a wide receiver, too, in his last full season, which is – again, it's good. It's very solid. It's so interesting to hear you talk about Judy being the more quarterback uh, independent of the two because I always think of Sutton that way because of his ability to get those 50-50 balls, which may not be the best passes – so it's interesting. I didn't factor in the yak portion of that, the yards after the catch, which, yeah, Sutton does not have that in his skill set very much. And all I want to say is Sutton didn't have that great of a rookie season either. He had a worse rookie season than Judy, so. He did have more competition, to be fair. Well, did he? he had some competition. <laughs> he had Emmanuel Sanders, who is still playing pretty well, and then the ghost of Demarius Thomas, which I guess we don't really need to factor in. We do not need to factor in the ghost of Demarius Thomas. I whatsoever. think that's enough conversation on two guys that will probably be pretty pointless because they're going to end up with a terrible quarterback. That's the issue. If they go get Deshaun Watson, though, Jerry Judy to the moon. Let's, I like, feel like, oh. like any wide receiver <laughs> if they get Watson. We can develop a whole episode about the Denver Broncos and their inability to draft a quarterback, but I think that's for another day. Let's dive into the free agent running backs. Our segment for today, we're going to dive right in. First of all, so we we have a cap situation that we know teams have to get in under the cap, which is $180 million. By March 17th, some teams are very well over that cap range. Uh, for instance, the Philadelphia Eagles, $42 million over the cap. The Saints are 69000 But you know what? Million. I don't fault the Saints. At least they came close to sniffing a Super Bowl. When? This season. They made they the were, playoffs and lost. They were a Drew Brees away from winning a Super Bowl. But <laughs> the Eagles were not. Uh, the Eagles arguably have the, the worst cap situation in the NFL, considering the talent that they actually yeah, have on their is, roster. Who are they paying? Oh, Carson Wentz, I guess. I guess. Um, and I, I don't totally understand how that money moves between the Colts and, and the Eagles. But regardless, we have these numbers that we know teams have to meet. So I find three really interesting. So we just brought up the Saints and the Eagles. But right down that list are the Steelers, $19 million under. Packers, $11 million under. And then uh, the Falcons, $20 million under. Those three are losing their starting running back. And maybe for the Steelers and the Falcons, they weren't that great of a starting running back in James Conner and Todd Gurley. But they're still going to have to find a replacement because I don't think they have one on that team. And then the Packers, I don't see a way that they're going to be able to re-sign Aaron Jones. You mean they're over the cap? Yes, over the cap. Sorry, not under. Under would be a great thing. That would be desirable. But we have all these teams that need to make these moves to get in appropriately under that cap of $180 million. So there's so many pieces that are left up in the air, but we do at least know generally what teams are needy at the position, and we know who's set to hit free agency. There could still be extensions to be signed, but I, I feel like we have a pretty good feel for which of these running backs are actually going to see free agency for real, for real. Let's talk about the RB needy teams. Obviously, Michelle, you just mentioned Aaron Jones, Green Bay. We can talk to the Green Bay expert here, Mr. Jake Trowbridge. 
Tell us about what Green Bay is doing at running back in 2021. I think it would be foolish to look at their most recent draft where they forewent wide receiver assistance to the great Aaron Rodgers. And in lieu of that, gave him a second round running back with thunder thighs in A.J. Dillon. Uh, you have to assume he is going to lead the Packers this year because otherwise... Why would you do such a dumb thing like draft him in the second round? Now, as a Packers fan here, I would love if they could find a way to keep Aaron Jones for one more year. I don't think it's feasible. I've gone back and forth on this a lot. They could franchise tag him. The tag for running backs is about $8 million, which is actually pretty reasonable uh, for a one-year contract. They would have to find a way to get themselves under the cap elsewhere, and I don't know where those moves would, would go. Um, so it would be very tricky to say the least. So I think you'd be deciding between some uh, defenders like Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith and maybe some other key players there over running back Aaron Jones, who's very talented, but like you just said, they did draft A.J. Dillon in the second round, and that has to be for a reason. They had to expect to lose Aaron Jones this year, you would think. And I did put Green Bay in a definite needy team. I guess A.J. Dillon just completely uh was not in my mind when I was doing that I do like AJ Dillon though so I I think he would be fine taking over that backfield Derrick Henry light yeah he won't be as good as Aaron Jones he won't be as good as Derrick Henry but I do think he's capable enough we saw him late last season take over I mean it was against a very soft defense but he looked good he he made some really great plays and I liked his tape coming out of school I know a lot of people made fun of those that said he was like Derrick Henry, but he plays like Derrick Henry. He's an absolute bulldozer. So Green Bay, we're going to toss Green Bay off the list. We'll, we'll toss them off the list. They have no money and they don't really have that great of a name. A big one, our team, the Steelers. They, If they go into the season with Benny Snell as their starting quarterback, I riot. I riot the city. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't forget... Uh, the running back slash tight end, Jalen Samuels, who's a stud. I'm being sarcastic. Please don't, please don't uh, do anything with Jalen Samuels. He needs to be cut. The Pittsburgh <laughs> Steelers Snell needs are... to be cut because I've never seen a worse running back in my life. I really Ooh. haven't. I've watched football for a long time now, and ever, Benny Snell ever? is officially the worst one I've ever watched play. That's brutal. Wow. He can't get an inch, and he's a power back. And he can't. What about Anthony McFarland? He's exciting. He's exciting. I do think they need to get him more involved, but nowhere close to a three-down back, not even slightly close to that. I, I They need to figure it out, and I, I think that can be in the draft. Uh, maybe Trey Sermon in the third or fourth round. I, I like that. There's so many needs on this team right now. Uh, offensive line is a huge one. Uh, depth at linebacker and corner and safety pretty much everywhere is needed. So I wouldn't want them to use too early of a pick on a running back, but I do think there's enough running backs in this draft we can find someone in the third. There's been a lot of talk of Najee Harris to the Steelers. I have to imagine if the Steelers are planning to utilize their first-round pick on Najee Harris. No. Well, no. let's, let's look at some of these free agents and see, can, you know, would any of these make sense for the Steelers? Can they fit in? So that's what I think. I, I don't think the Steelers are going to 
make any moves in free agency. They don't have any cap space. I know they are working on a situation with Ben Roethlisberger to try to revamp that contract situation because, I mean, he's he's on the hook for forty million dollars this year. How did the how did the Steelers get into the mess? I don't know, but I do think that we need to consider the fact that they just don't have the resources to play in this free agency market. Well, this is the issue, right? Aaron Jones is too expensive. He's off the board. I know Steelers fans want them to get Aaron Jones. He's way too expensive. And then everyone else, I don't really know if it's an upgrade from James Conner, especially when you're considering what you can probably pay James Conner to come back. Like, if you're looking at the free agency market, it's Kenyon Drake. He had a worse season than James Conner. He really disappointed. Todd Gurley, no. Mark Ingram, Tevin Coleman, James White, Mike Davis, like maybe Leonard Fournette, but he's probably going to be expensive after his playoff run. Yeah, he might be going back to Tampa. What? How about this one? This is crazy, but this is what I thought. It's not. It's not a sexy name at all. But you're going to get a massive, massive, massive injury discount on Marlon Mack. I knew you were going to say, and you can have him so, so cheap. Would that do anything? I like it. Now coming off an Achilles tear, that's a. That's even different than ACL. It's I don't know if we've ever really seen it work out for running backs after an Achilles tear. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan at all. See, I would rather see James Conner, which I think this is totally within the realm of possibility. James Conner can take a hometown discount. I think he's going to want to stay in Pittsburgh. He is a Pittsburgh boy. He's from Erie. His mama's in Erie. He went to Pitt like he's he's going to stay in Pittsburgh. I I just have a feeling that he would be willing to take uh, that that discounted salary so that he can stay with the team and make something work. I, I genuinely believe he's going to come back. But my ideal situation would be that they bring Connor back on a, a you know, a, a minimum deal, not a minimum deal, but. Uh, not a not an ideal deal for James Conner and then you know maybe bring in another back who's not necessarily uh, as I think they adapted. would have to draft one that that's what I'm saying uh hear me out what about free agent Le'Veon Bell <laughs> why would, why would you just, put that out into the universe I'm just kidding I'm just kidding I would not want that whatsoever because uh, clearly he's done for. Do you think- sign him as a wide receiver? We'll we'll continue <laughs> talking about these guys, but I am curious if you, either of you, think that Le'Veon Bell will be signed anywhere. I think he gets signed. I don't think he gets a great deal. I don't think he gets a big role in an offense. But he had no role in this Chiefs offense, like zero. He's gonna Carlos hide it. He'll end up somewhere. You're not gonna be thrilled about it from a fantasy perspective (laughs) and the team's probably not even going to be that psyched about it but he'll be there and he'll be a warm body see I think I would rather at this point take Carlos Hyde over Le'Veon Bell yeah one more interesting one but I think he will be probably the second most pricey running back um, in free agency is Chris Carson but he's also dealt with a lot of injuries I feel like the Steelers are probably sick of that like no we've already dealt with that with James Conner we're not gonna why would you pay Chris Carson, who gets hurt all the time. He is a good running back, though. Like He's a good running back, and he can be used in the passing game. I think when healthy, he's really solid, yeah. yeah. I think he's solid, but I think he's going to be too expensive. Let's 
transition that discussion back to Seattle. Yeah, then, Seattle they do, needs a running back. Maybe, they, possibly. They haven't really talked about, you know, coming to terms on any sort of deal. It seems pretty clear that his time in Seattle is over, barring any unexpected extensions. I just don't think... I, the issue with Chris Carson is that he's played well enough to earn himself some money, but I don't think the market is at a place where he can be paid the money that maybe he's earned. He's coming off of a, an injury. Um, you know, I don't think it's not, not that the injury is the concern, but you didn't get the full 16 game slate last season. Uh, stats were a little, a, a little marred because of that. I just think we have to consider just the market. It's so saturated right now. Seattle can go out and uh, maybe they do bring Rashad Penny into the fold. Rashad I don't Penny know. season? Hashtag Rashad It's finally going to happen. If they don't bring in another running back, I know people are saying DJ Dallas. Like, I think this would be Rashad Penny's backfield. If they don't bring in another running back. That could totally happen. They could draft someone. But they did draft Rashad Penny in the first round. He was finally starting to break out in 2019. Torres ACL. Really, really bad. Uh, and it took this entire year for him basically to come back. And they let him have like 10 carries, so. Yeah, I, I think Seattle's definitely among the, the list of needy teams. Miami, they we saw them make something work in Miami this season. They had some rushing production. I still think they need to do something. Interestingly enough, we have heard talk that Aaron Jones has been linked to the Miami Dolphins. How would we feel about that fit? I'd be fine with it. Um, I am over the whole idea, though, that a free agent running back who looked really good at his last team is going to go into any other team's situation and just thrive. I'm over that concept entirely. Miami, to me, does not seem like a great landing spot. It's a fine landing spot. It's not, you know, a top-tier option for me, but you could count on him to give you high RB2 production there if he's truly just the workhorse. Yeah, and I think this is what teams are going to have to decide. Is Aaron Jones worth the money? And I think these next two teams that we're talking about are pretty much his only real true options when you're looking at the cap space is Miami and the New York Jets. And the Jets already made that error by paying a top running back at one time. I do think Aaron Jones is better than Le'Veon Bell was at the point when they the Jets signed him. But... They already made that mistake and then had to eat all that money. Are they going to do it again? I, I think those are the only really two teams that make sense. The Jets have the second most cap space, $67 million. And if you're looking at the team that has the most, they're the Jags. And are they going to give up on James Robinson that quickly? Because if you bring in Aaron Jones, you're saying, okay, he's our guy. Because you're going to be paying him a lot of money. But, like, do you guys, you're the Packers fan. Do you think Aaron Jones is worth $15 million a year? Because that's what the reports are saying it could go up to. I don't think any running back is worth $15 million a year, no matter how much I like them, no matter how capable they are. And he's 27, so he's not old, but he is not a fresh young buck anymore. So that's always a concern for any running back. I don't know. I'd rather he go to Atlanta, if I'm being honest, but I don't know how they would make it work. Mm -hmm. Um 
But yeah, between Miami and the Jets, certainly put him on Miami because I don't want anything to do with the Jets running back this year. Yeah. I mean, we did see Miles Gaskin have a pretty good fantasy year when he was playing. Like, he was extremely usable, kept getting in the teens for pe- like teens for points. Uh, that was a weird way to say that. I kept getting in teens. <laughs> kept getting, but I feel like he always scored like 13 to 16 fantasy points per game in PPR. So I do think that'd be a nice fit for Aaron Jones. One thing I want to point out about Aaron Jones, just to see, like, how is he really worth, maybe not $15 million, but is he worth $12 million, $13 million? You know, it felt like Green Bay never used Aaron Jones as much as they should have. But at the same time, last season, he was one out of 10 running backs uh, with 200 carries, 200 or more carries, and he missed two games. So they were using him. And he was spectacular. I mean, he had a great 2020 season, and he's been great his whole career. So among those 10 running backs that had over 200 carries, he averaged the most yards per carry, 5.5 yards per carry. He had the second most yards after contact, only behind Derrick Henry. And according to PFF, they have a breakout percentage, which shows which runners earn the highest percentage of their yardage on big plays. And big plays um, mean 15 yards or more. And Jones ranked fourth in breakaway percentage among all running backs with 150 attempts. And that's only behind Nick Chubb, Donathan Taylor, and Miles Sanders. Like, he did great this season. And an awesome tweet from Zach Cruz, at Zach Cruz 2. Packers running back Aaron Jones is fifth in the NFL in yards from scrimmage, 3,017, and tied for the second in total touchdowns, 30, over the last two seasons. Only Aaron Jones, Derrick Henry, and Delvin Cook have at least 3,000 scrimmage yards and 30 touchdowns since 2019. And we wow. saw Delvin Cook get paid. We saw Derrick Henry get paid. It's Aaron Jones' time. He's going to get paid. I'm sorry, but neither of these neither of these running backs, I, I it's great company. I'm going to say that. It's great company. But Delvin Cook is averaging... million a year. Derrick Henry, 12.5 million a year. Aaron Jones isn't getting 15 million. Under what? I I don't think he would get that. Even if he had tried to negotiate that last season, I don't think he would have gotten it. But Joe Mixon is getting 12 million. I'm sorry, Aaron Jones has done 20 times what that dude has done. I agree, but you have to consider the uncertain cap situation. He's the best magician. I can't say that word. (laughs) Magician? Magician. I cannot say that word. Uh, he has tricked everybody in even his own team. $12 million a year. Good Lord. Yeah, I, I think there was definitely a mistake in paying Joe Mixon. But again, I feel like that's just the general theme of the Ball Blast podcast. He gets as much as Derrick Henry. Get out of here. It's it's bananas. <laughs> but my point is that Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry, they are the, the front runners of the league. And you think Aaron Jones is going to make... Three million a year on top of that, I don't see it happening. And I also don't understand where Aaron Jones thinks that who's going to pay him that kind of money in this landscape in the uncertain times of COVID. I just think this is a really bad time to be asking for that kind of money. Bad timing, dude. You got to get your timing. I I don't. He won't get close to that. I think he's asking for over, probably knowing it's not going to happen. He's going to get. 11 million a year. I think he gets the 12. I think he gets the Delvin Cook, Derrick Henry money. There's no reason not to take that. Especially when Joe Mixon is making it. You're not taking less than 12 million. That's what his agent is telling every other team. They're like, Joe Mixon makes 12 million. So my guy better make at least 12 million. Yeah. 
Exactly. I would be a great agent for him. I would right. be a terrible, Enough. terrible agent for Joe Mixon. I think, come on, guys. What are you doing? Why are you paying this guy $12 million? He gets like 3.3 yards per carry. You would negotiate like the under. You'd be like, they'd say like, oh, I'll, I'll give you $12 million per year, Joe. And you're like, we'll take 11. But uh, <laughs> so we talked about. Miami. We've talked enough about Aaron Jones. Can we talked we about on? enough about Aaron Jones. We talked about Miami and the Jets. Um, we'll we'll get into more free agent running backs in a second here. Let's talk about two more teams that definitely need a running back. It's the Cardinals because Kenyon Drake is a free agent. Do you think they should re-sign him? I mean, I had such high hopes for Kenyon Drake coming into the season. It was more about the opportunity he had in a great offense uh, than him showing us anything before that in his career. And then he gets the opportunity and blows some chunks. Like, what do you think Arizona should do? What do you think Kenyon Drake? Like, where would you want to see Kenyon Drake go? Let's start with. I don't Arizona. think. I don't think Kenyon Drake blew chunks. Oh, blew I think chunks. that he was underwhelming based on where we valued him heading into the season. That's putting it so uh, And kindly. he certainly. Do you want to hear? Well, I think. I can show yeah. you some stats, Jake. Do you want to hear how bad? <laughs> Please don't. You gotta I'm, hear how I'm bad. scared now. No, you got to hear how bad he blew chunks. So he had the fewest yards after contact, 2.5, among all running backs with 150 carries. So that's lower than Frank Gore, Todd Gurley, and Adrian Peterson. He, that's lower than all of them. He only forced 31 missed tackles this year. That's three less than Todd Gurley on 40 more carries. He had 40 more carries on him. And that's the same amount of missed tackles force as Miles Gaskin, except Kenyon Drake had a hundred more carries than Miles Gaskin, and they had the same amount of missed tackles. <laughs> that's so not th- good. Those were the chunks that you were talking about. <laughs> those then. are the chunks. Okay. He I got it. Not, <laughs> he he was not efficient. He was very, very bad. And I don't I don't know. I feel like From a fancy perspective, he was okay. He was an RB16 on the year. That was a volume play for sure. You weren't excited about how he was getting there. He finally kind of pulled himself there. Yeah. I don't think Kenyon Drake is is long for the Cardinals, though. I, I think he's moving on. I don't know that there's a spot that I want him to see. I kind of want him to just go in and be the grenade to go to the New York Jets so that I don't have to deal with either. <laughs> They can get their guy, and then I can just stay away. The sacrificial lamb, we are going to call him. <laughs> that will be his new nickname. I do think that— Hear me out. Hear me out. The Bucks don't re-sign Leonard Fournette. They keep Ronald Jones, who's the better runner than Leonard Fournette. I know Fournette had a great pre- postseason. And they bring in Kenyon Drake to be the pass-catching back. Don't care. I mean, I'm still staying away. <laughs> I'm still staying away. If I'm the Cardinals, I'm not re-signing him by a long shot. They've already spent, uh, they, I mean, they they sent over, what, a fifth round, I think it was a conditional six-round pick that became a fifth-round pick. So it's not like they invested much from a, a pick standpoint, but they did pay him, what, $9 million almost this year, and that's what you got? That's what you paid $9 million for in in this economy? <laughs> no, thank you. He's gone. They are RB needy team, but I don't I don't want to get too far into the weeds on this, but we're going to come back to the Cardinals later for my ballsy take of the week. So who do we think would be a good fit for Arizona? Do they have to go to the draft or would you want one of these guys to go there? Like 
Aaron Jones. Would be, I mean, the Cardinals might be able to afford Aaron Jones, actually. They have $11 million in cash space. That's not very much, but I'm sure they can make some moves to upgrade that. That's right in the middle there compared to all other teams. Maybe they can figure out a way to get Aaron Jones under contract. They're also very big into one year, like somebody who showed a lot in the one year, then they just say, I want that, and I want to transpose it onto my team. So maybe they go real cheap and they try for Mike Davis um, to see if they can just plug him in alongside Chase Edmonds there. And we've talked so much about Aaron Jones, but what about Jamal Williams, the other Green Bay running back that's a free agent? He was good. I mean, he's fine. He's a good running back. Like He's a nice piece to have. So if you have Chase Edmonds still but want a bigger back to just like carry some more of the work, Jamal Williams could be an interesting piece. Very true. You know who I actually really like um, with Arizona? Who? Chris Carson. Leave the divisional rival, Seattle. Go to Arizona. I like Chris Carson there. My ideal move, and this is a, a fit that I like for a couple of reasons, I think the Cardinals should draft Khalil... Khalil Herbert, I think he's a a very capable running back. He's great on the ground, but he's a back that we haven't seen utilized in the receiving game through college. Pair him with Chase Edmonds, and you have a complete backfield, and you are not paying out the wazoo for it. Because I consider consider Kenyon Drake a wazoo payment at this point. Wazoo that is a term that needs to stick around forever and ever. Wazoo payments is is the definition of that. Just anybody who is excessive um, because their usage is so poopy. Yes, basically. Yes, okay. you you need. I need more for my money. I need more bang for my buck. <laughs> I think in Atlanta. Moving on to the next team. So Atlanta's going to lose Todd Gurley, which I think they're fine with. They weren't even playing him at the end. I mean, they have who like Edo Smith. Brian Hill, who I think might even be a free did agent. Did you say who or poo? Poo. Well, I did say who, but yeah. <laughs> Who's, who and poo is, works perfectly in both cases. But they have no cap space. They're $20 million over. Uh, I have no idea what they're going to do at the running back position. I think they're going to have to go through the draft, which they have so many needs elsewhere. So I think it's going to be a later round pick. I keep bringing up Trey Sermon because I think he's the last running back available so he's from Ohio State for you for those of you who don't know and he kind of came on there at the end of the season and we saw him do his work in the postseason uh, for Ohio State especially against Clemson I I think he has the skill set well I'm stuttering a lot I think he has the skill set to be a three down back and once you're getting into that third fourth round there won't be a lot of those guys left and I I think Trey Sermon's that last guy so whichever team can snag him up in that third round. Snag him up. Is that even a word? Snag him? Snag him up. Snag him up. Can grab yeah. him in the third round. I think you're getting a steal, and I think you're getting the last opportunity there um, to get a cheap three-down back. I, don't I will it. say whoever goes there, I'm excited. I'm excited for any running back that goes to the Falcons this year with Arthur Smith. I'm not saying that they're going to have a Derrick Henry season, but I am very excited. So if Trey Sermon goes there, great. I'm going to be drafting him super high. Yeah. No, that would be beautiful. And, uh, you know, a lot of people want Najee Harris to go there. But Najee Harris is going to be a first-round pick, I would think. Maybe they can get him in the second round. Maybe it's like a Jonathan Taylor situation where he falls uh, and Atlanta can grab him then. But they have, like, 
they're one of those teams that have so many holes. They're not going to be able to fill them in free agency because they have to cut so many guys to even get under the cap. And so if they're even cutting more, creating more holes, I just don't know how you use that first or second round pick on a running back. That's that's a tough situation. Uh, moving on, what about like Houston, right? So Houston right now, they have David Johnson, who they traded DeAndre Hopkins pretty much for, uh, and Duke Johnson, who both are pretty poopy in their own rights. Uh, they're due to make $13.8 million combined this year. Uh, they can save $11 million by cutting them both. Uh, they save $6 million just by cutting David Johnson, uh, and they'd save uh, all of Duke Johnson's contract, which is $5 million this year. They're both going, right? They're both gone. The issue with the Houston Texans is that they invested so much in both of these running backs. Like Duke Johnson, what he was a, I think it was a conditional third that could become a second round pick for Duke Johnson. And then you essentially trade DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson. Like, how do you let that go? It's one of those situations where I feel like you've invested so much. It's kind of like, uh, When one of my first years of Dynasty, the first year that uh, I was playing in a a league for the whole year, I traded my first and third round picks for Doug Martin (laughs) for my first rookie draft ever. Do you know who the first overall pick was that year? Saquon Barkley. Do you know who had or would have had the number one overall pick? Me. So I effectively traded Doug Martin, or I traded Saquon Barkley for Doug Martin, and you bet your butt, I held on to him for three years. I was like, (laughs) I am not, he is doing nothing for my roster whatsoever, but he is going to sit his butt on my bench, and he is going to think about what he did to my team. And I feel like that's one of the things that, the Houston Texans are going to have to do. They have five running backs on their active roster right now, and they are spending the highest percentage of cap space on the running back position in the NFL. They're not doing it. They have no running backs. That's absolute. Uh, what what did we just coin? What it was a wa- it's a wazoo situation. It's a wazoo, it's a wazoo situation. contract situation. Yeah, they, I don't like it. They're going to go. So that's going to be a wide open spot. And if Deshaun Watson's gone and I don't know whoever their quarterback is, you would think they'd be running it a lot, but then also their defense stinks. I don't really know what they're going to do. They might have no idea what their team looks like. Zero idea. Like I can't project anything for the Texans because I don't know a single player that is guaranteed to play there this year. So it's wild. Let's say David Johnson gets cut. Let's do between these four guys. Who do you think gets signed? Is it David Johnson? Actually, it might be too easy with David Johnson. I might cut him out after this question. Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, or Tevin Coleman? Do any of those four guys get another shot at, you know, owning a backfield? I'd rather just take David Johnson at that point. Yeah, I think that made it too easy. Let's just go with Lev Bell, Todd Gurley, Tevin Coleman then. Still David Johnson. We have to. Well, I, <laughs> <laughs> David Johnson doesn't exist. Refusing no, to acknowledge that he's Johnson. gone from the equation. This is actually. I guessed Tevin Coleman. And that's. Oh, why did. I don't even like saying yeah, yeah, yeah. the words. Do you want to make this even more interesting? 
Ready? That's the word sure. we're using. Interesting. Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, Tevin Coleman, or Adrian Peterson. 900-year-old Adrian Peterson. Which one would you rather have in your backfield? Adrian, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson. <laughs> yes. Yes, me too. Isn't it Hands wild down. that we're in 2021 and we're saying we'd rather have Adrian Peterson than Le'Veon Bell? Or Todd Gurley. He just keeps lurking, though, and he does such a good lurker job. I mean, he's been decent. And if we were to ever have said that a couple years ago when Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell were dominating the league, you would think we're crazy. But that's how quickly running backs turn over. And that's why if you have these great guys in Dynasty, you got to move on. I know people, like, really quick about Ezekiel Elliott. You know, everyone thinks he's going to come back to his dominance when Stack gets back. And it's like, maybe he hit that point. They, It happens often. It just, they just hit it so fast. And if you don't get out from underneath it soon enough, it's just it's just going to hurt you. So, I don't know. Like, I would move on from Elliot if I had him, but I already moved on. I sold him straight up for Daryl Henderson before last year. Oh, no, I sold Le'Veon Bell straight up for Daryl Henderson. Sorry, that would have been really stupid if I sold Zeke for Daryl Henderson. I sold Le'Veon Bell for Daryl Henderson <laughs> straight up, and everyone made fun of me very, very hard. And Daryl Henderson had a great half of a season, so at least I got something out of it. And he's much younger. Truth. All right, we're going to talk about a team that might be running back needy. Nuh-uh. I don't think they are, but most people think they are, and they're going to want them brought up in this episode and ridiculous it's, it's the buffalo bills now i don't really know what people want from the buffalo bills to draft a running back super early or to you know sign aaron jones for a ton of money they didn't run last year that's really their biggest issues is they just didn't run ever right that like that that's the issue for me why Zach do you Moss want to get five carries a game Devin Singletary would get four carries a game, and then people would be like, oh, my God, they suck. <laughs> it's like, well, they ran four, five times. <laughs> and, and Zach Moss is the type of guy, he's a power back. He needs carries to get going. So I do think they have the running back on their roster for at least the next year or two, and I think it's Zach Moss. Obviously, we talked about this endless, endlessly last offseason. Uh, I think he's super talented, and he didn't show me anything this year to go otherwise. Like, he looked good when running the ball. He has the same exact advanced metrics in 2020 as all of the rest of the rookie running backs, except he didn't get the same amount of carries. Now, he finally started in the playoff game, and it was looking good on his five carries that he got in the first half, uh, and then he got hurt, and then he was done. So that was his first start. I think he takes over, but I do think the Buffalo Bills could – Get someone for Devin Singletary, maybe, you know, to replace him as a pass-catching back. Because Devin Singletary is not a pass-catching back, but he's small, and they want to use him in that way, but he's bad in that way. So maybe bring in uh, a pass-catching weapon. Who would that be in this free agency class? So Jamal Williams is actually a very capable pass-catcher. That's where he excelled in Green Bay, was which actually kind of shocked me. I didn't, he doesn't look like one, you know, um, but that really was his role primarily. Um, otherwise, the big name, well, quote unquote, big name for pass catchers would be James White, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. It, I think we should just use that as a segue to the more interesting question. Oh, so if you're listening to this podcast, you're already a Zach Moss believer. 
Yeah, we don't need true. to tell you they don't need a running back. That I let's just cut the cut the crap here. Or let's get to the point. Let's talk about Brady. Let's talk about what they're gonna do for Tom Brady. Let's talk about I guess let's talk about his new team and his old team because I think both of Tom Brady's teams could use some help right now at the running back position. Maybe. Yeah, I, I think the big thing, there wasn't a lot of things missing from the Bucks this season, but it was that pass catching back. And he Brady tried his hardest to make Fournette and Ronald Jones pass catching backs. He tried. He would pass it to them and either, you know, it would go through their hands or it would be a two-yard catch or, you know, it just, or a fumble way too often. Uh, it, it felt like anyways. I'm sure it was like two, but it just felt like it was a fumble nonstop. And I, I do think they have a very, very good running back in Ronald Jones. I did not give him the credit he deserved before um, the season. But he's not a good pass-catching back. Like, there's no way around that. And Leonard Fournette is not either. So you got to bring in someone for Brady who loves that pass-catching back. He has his options, right, from his old teammates. All of James White, uh, Deion Lewis, and Rex Burkhead are all free agents this offseason. Send them all. So the Bucks to just sign all of them. (laughs) Totally. You know, any one of these guys would sign for like one million dollars to go try to win a Super Bowl. Oh, a hundred, and they should. I don't know if Deion Lewis is even worth a million dollars, (laughs) but the issue is that I mean, I I think whoever ends up with the Bucks in the receiving role is going to have a fantastic time. Uh, They had the six most targets to the running back position even though they didn't have a good receiving back they forced it oh ronald jones would get like five receptions a game for like 12 yards and and that's what i i think is so underrated here you have to appreciate that opportunity with just the general targets that go the running backs way and i mean tom brady's not like a dumb quarterback but that's that's just how he likes to play the game. And I, I don't think he would have chosen to throw to Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette if he could have had his pick of all of these three luscious options. James White, I, I think, is a perfect, perfect fit. And I do think uh, I was just on the Club Fantasy FL podcast and we all agreed that James White could be a top 15 running back in Tampa Bay. And that's Oof. not even my ballsy take. I want to hear your thoughts, Jake, because I'm rolling my eyes. That's that's steamy. Full that's PPR. hot for me. Uh, even in full PPR, I just I think everybody wants James White to return to that glory year that he had. Was it 2017, 2018, where he was like a top 12 or fringe top 12 guy? I, boy, I don't see it for him personally. I think that he would be a very a good running back three for your team that you can plug into your flex position and feel very comfortable with the points that he would get you. I guess I just don't see quite that much upside. Yes. And we have to remember in 2018, he had 12 touchdowns, 12 and five of those came on the ground. If he goes to Tampa Bay, he's not getting five rushing touchdowns. Like they're not going to run up the middle with him at the goal line. Like That's not going to happen. It's hard for me to picture him having a single rushing touchdown ever. He just is such a small, compact little guy. Well, he's only had more than two rushing touchdowns in one season, and he's been in the NFL now for seven seasons, and that was that five rushing touchdown season where he had that great season, which people are getting way too excited about, I think. And yes, PPR, 
Do we really think he gets 123 targets like he did that year? No, but we just saw J.D. McKissick have 100 targets. That's true. Do you really think it's that outlandish that a, a quarterback who likes to utilize a receiving running back and has a great rapport with this running back could just absolutely blow it up? That would mean he has to be on the field like all the time, though. You think they just like sit Ronald Jones? Actually, I, I could see that happening. I could see. I don't think they sit yeah. Ronald Jones. Bruce Arians does despise that man. I don't know what he did to him, but he does hate him. He dropped the ball. That's what he did. James White is going to to be able to hack it. And honestly, I don't really think it mattered. Like I, all of this stuff is great to talk about, but I feel like the only thing that really matters for a running back in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady is, does he trust you? Because if he trusts you more than he trusts Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette, and I think we can strip the the you know whole string of faces that he's made every single time they drop a ball or get tackled immediately after catching the ball when they shouldn't have. He was not happy with them as receivers. And if you have Tom Brady's trust, I feel like that means a, a lot more than anything else. He's going to use you and he's going to work you into the offense. Probably. Bruce Arians is irrelevant. This ain't weird, his team. I have a weird feeling it's going to be Rex Burkhead because we're all thinking it's going to be James White. He tore his, the issue with Rex Burkhead is that he tore his ACL very late in the season. Oh, he did? Mm. Why do I not remember this? He is hurt all the time. He tore his ACL late this season? Every season. Yeah, I guess Basically. I... All the time. I did not hear Every that. game. Well, speaking of Rex Burkhead, because apparently... He tore his ACL last season. And I, I don't expect him to be back with the Patriots. I mean, maybe he will. I kept expecting him not to be back any season. But are the Patriots happy with Sony Michelle and Damian Harris? I thought Damian Harris looked good. Damian Harris looked great. The issue is that they're, they want to target the running back position, but neither of these guys has... Uh, receiving chops. Seven targets and nine targets this year for those two. Not going to work. They need to draft, I think, a, a receiving running back because that is clearly a part of the Belichick scheme. You need to tap into that. And until you do, until you have a reliable option, you're you're not going to be the same offense. James White still had 62 targets on the Patriots this year. How? Any Did not games? feel like it. I have to it say didn't. it didn't. So maybe he could have, but then let's, let's the piece together all of the other, other running backs. He had Rex Burkhead with 33 targets. We could piece together a hundred targets for James White. I don't, I don't think that's an JJ issue. Taylor. Someone to really keep an eye on undrafted free agent last year. Uh, he made it onto the Patriots. He even made, he, you know, he played in some games. He had 23 carries. He he got his chance a little bit. Uh, 23 carries, only two targets. But I do think he can be that pass-catching weapon. The next one for Bill Belichick, they're going to have to bring in. I don't know. Like, I think they'll still go with Damian Harris and Sonny Michelle. I think they'll go with them. draft but... picks. I mean, Sonny Michelle was a first-rounder just a couple years ago. Damian Harris a third-rounder. And Sonny Michelle actually didn't. Didn't look horrible. So I, I think I can see all of these running backs. He averaged back, 5.7 yards per attempt. They're he, fine. They're fine. And also, we do have to admit that some of the downtick probably was due to Cam Newton. 
Nothing against Cam, but, you know, he certainly wasn't lighting the world on fire when he himself wasn't running the ball. So if he is not back next year, which I don't expect that he would be, then any other quarterback back there is probably going to throw to the running back a little bit more. So maybe by default, Sony Michelle and Damian Harris will get targets just because they have to if they don't bring anybody else in. Yeah, I'm with you there. And Jake, I have an important question for you. The 49ers backfield, it's completely up in the air and it's a good spot to be in, right? Is it Raheem Mostert? Is it Jeffrey Wilson? They're about to lose Jerick McKinnon, which that doesn't really matter. Is it one of those two guys or do they bring in someone else? It's going to be somebody that I will not be able to guess because it's the same thing every year. I, I'm so tired of it. I, it was always New England. We always talked about New England being the frustrating backfield and you don't want any part of it. It is the 49ers for me. I don't know. For right now, sure. Mostert, if healthy, then cool. He might get the job. Um, but that might happen for three games. And then Jeff Wilson's going to come in for like 13 games and do enough to make me mad that I didn't draft him. So. <laughs> I don't think any of these free agents really fit with them. Of course, Aaron Jones fits with anyone. But besides that, if they don't pay up for him, like Chris Carson doesn't seem like like power backs don't really seem like the fit there. Chris Carson, James Conner, Leonard Burnett, like they like the speed. Yeah, they all seem back. too slow for them. What uh, if they sign Le'Veon Bell? Ooh. 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 Le'Veon Bell was pretty slow coming out of college, though. Is he any faster now? Like that's double. No, I don't think he's I don't think he's fast enough either, but I do think they could use some receiving weapons, so maybe. Tevin Coleman can come back. No, thank I think even Kyle Shanahan is off that train. He's like, Tevin, we gave it a shot. It's the X you keep going back to, but you can't stay away from. And then you hit a wall where you're like, All right, this relationship really isn't working. I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to keep doing this to myself. I think Kyle Shanahan's hit that point. No? We might have some rough backfields next year because this free agency field really isn't that pretty. Like, I feel like we're kind of gra- like reaching here with some Everybody of got their contracts. That's yeah. what's crazy. Everybody got their deals. We had Derrick Henry, uh, Dalvin Cook. Aaron Jones is really the only guy that didn't get... Their deal. So James Conner's from the same draft class as Aaron Jones and all those great ones with the CMCs and the Camaras and the Hunt and uh, Mixon, I guess, if we have to bring him up uh, for not The Hunt. <laughs> but I will say, so James Conner does not, you know, he did not earn that big contract whatsoever. And I don't think teams are going to be rushing out to come get him. I do think he's a little bit more hated on than he should be. Yes, he gets hurt all the time, but he did stay healthy this Entire season, he just, of course, came in contact with COVID. I mean, that's not really his fault. Uh, missed three games on that COVID reserve list. The The issue with James Conner is, A, Pittsburgh never, ever ran the ball either. Like, they never ran the ball, and they never really gave James Conner that opportunity to get going. It was like, oh, we'll give you three carries. If you don't break one off for 30 yards, we're done. We're just going to throw all game long. And if we go down by three points, forget it. Like, we're never running again. That was the Steelers' game plan. So I don't really think he was in a situation to succeed. In games that he had touches, he was fine. I mean, 18 touches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. 22 touches, 149 yards, and a touchdown. 21 touches, 102 yards, and a touchdown. 23 touches, 111 yards. And then that was the whole beginning of the season. And after that, he never got over 16 touches again. 
And that 16 touch game, he had 99 yards. So I think he was fine. He wasn't getting touches. And he's also one of those players that needs the touches to get going. It's not like, oh, that's very first play. I'm going to break one off. That's not the type of player he is. So if a team is looking for a running back that can take over for one year, like I don't see him much more than a year or two, uh, give him the actual carries. Uh, he can catch the ball just fine and is able to get yards after the catch. Of course, injuries are always a concern, but maybe, you know, Atlanta, another Todd Gurley situation, I guess. No, but thank you. I, I do think so... James Conner is better than Todd Gurley at this point in their careers. Oh, I agree. And I think, but is there really a universe where you picture James Conner anywhere but Pittsburgh? I think that now that I'm reading, like, I think James Conner's back in Pittsburgh. But if he goes to Atlanta, I'm drafting him very high. I'm staying on this train. <laughs> but why? Because we just saw the running backs not do good there this we year. We saw but, Todd Gurley dominate as a top 12 running back through the first, what, nine games of the fall season? Off the cliff. And he now we've got the cliff, Arthur but... Smith there as offensive coordinator. I do think that he writes a lot of the wrongs from that backfield. So we'll be, we'll be curious about that. All right. That's about it for our running backs. I think we've covered the landscape pretty well. We've talked about the needy teams. We've talked about some of these outsiders who might be on the that fringe. Do we see them get a starting role? We've speculated enough. I think it's time to speculate a little harder and get into the ballsy take of the week. That's pretty ballsy. That's pretty ballsy. Covered our asses out there, man. Some ballsy shots. Get ballsy. You're full naming me. Yeah, I am. And your take is extra, extra ballsy. Like, you went all out here. I really did. And I don't pull out my ballsy takes that often. (laughs) I could have cut that off in a really weird way. But... (laughs) <laughs> but I'm I'm getting really crazy this week and it's just the more I'm researching the more work that I'm doing it, it just it fits it fits and nobody's talking about it so I think I just need to get to the juicy part Chase Edmonds is a top 15 running back in 2021 PPR scoring formats that's a two ballser out the gate two balls two balls are jake i'll let you talk about this one first what are your initial thoughts on hearing this i don't know (laughs) i'm scared i'm scared i want more context i need more context because i am a little terrified about this okay chase Edmonds. yeah my i want to give my initial thought too before you go i i haven't seen any of your case about this my initial thought was you crazy girl uh what you what are you doing uh why are you making this false claim i'm i'm gonna get to that chase edmonds <laughs> top 15 running back in 2021 ppr only i'm not getting even on the half ppr train i'm not i'm not playing that game Kenyon drake is a free agent we've already talked about this i do not see a world in which they pay him a penny more because you know what they got for their nine million dollars this year diddly they got diddly he posted a thousand scrimmage yards. Woohoo. He had 
fewer rushing touchdowns than their quarterback. Basically, we had Kyler Murray, who should have been considered the RB1 in that offense. I know Kenyon Drake, he just wasn't utilized. Uh, he was utilized. He just didn't do anything with that. He vacates nearly 240 rushing attempts. He saw 35 targets. And as a backup, Chase Edmonds was... Does anybody know where he finished last season in PPR leagues? 2020, where did he finish? RB3 range? Michelle? I have zero idea. He finishes the RB25 in PPR formats in the 2020 season as a backup. So Jake was right, though. RB3 range. RB3. High-end RB3. Technically. Technically. Snuck right in there. Snuck in so hard. But that was as a backup. I think that's so impressive. You didn't see him get uh, the touches that you saw Kenyon Drake get, but you saw him get a ton of targets. And you know where he got a lot of those targets? He saw 10 targets in the red zone, which 14 is the most that any running back saw in the red zone last season. He saw 10. Ranks 10th most among running backs. Uh, Saw two targets in the end zone, which I really like because I can get some touchdowns there. He was fourth in receiving yards among running backs last season. Who's talking about this? Nobody. Nobody is talking about Chase Edmonds. He ranks third in fantasy points per touch among running backs who played at least 50% of snaps. And guess what? He played more than 50% of snaps as the backup. I just think we're not giving this situation enough credit. I know we always like you don't you don't know specifically what situation, but he's absolutely proven himself to be, I mean, fantasy relevant in literally a backup role. There were plenty of dynasty by plenty. I mean, two. there are two dynasty leagues where I had Chase Edmonds and I was able to leave him in my flex pretty much all season long. And he didn't kill me. That's that's the beauty of Chase Edmonds. But he's just going to see enough receiving volume. And I think if he gets even, let's say, 50 more rushing attempts, I think he's easy top 15. Wow. I, I got it. So I said two balls out the gate. Uh, I, I might, I'd probably drop that down to a ball. Probably <laughs> drop it down to a single ball. Because as we were talking through the landing spots this week, it was tough to peg anybody to Arizona necessarily. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they bring in somebody, some other type of warm body there. But is it going to be a big name? Is it going to be a high draft pick? Probably not. We saw so, Cliff Kingsbury I'm warming really up. likes Edmonds. I mean, he forced him. He kept him on the field. Um, he he didn't look to really take him out of many situations. He. He's a part of that offense. And I think Edmonds survives and has a good amount of snaps and touches as long as it's not Aaron Jones there. Like, there's no one else that we just discussed in this free agency class that would make me nervous that, oh, no, he's going to steal all of the touches from Chase Edmonds. It was We saw Edmonds getting touches from Kenyon Drake. Like, he's going to steal from anyone. So it would basically come down to... Do they draft Najee Harris? Do they draft Travis Etienne or even Javante Williams? But even in that case, like they're rookies, so I'm sure they're still going to get Edmonds involved either way. Uh, so yeah, this isn't as crazy of a take as it sounds when you say it. Like I want to throw up in your face, but it's not. Thank you. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. And you know what? I think a you need to trade for him before anybody else hears this podcast. But 
I want to know why nobody is talking about this on Twitter because it Chase Edmonds has shown us nothing that we shouldn't like. And I I just can't figure out where the lack of hype is. I'm drafting him, especially in best ball, wherever I can. I we just did a best ball draft. What round did I take Chase Edmonds in? And you said, excuse me? And I think it was the ninth. It was the the ninth round. And guess what? You're probably getting close to an RB1 in the ninth round. And once Kenyon Drake does actually sign with another team, I feel like Chase Edmonds' price will go up. So for sure, he's a great. Uh, by low target right now in Dynasty. Even though I feel like we all know Drake's not coming back, but for some reason, the thought is that Chase Edmonds isn't the only back there, which he's literally the only back there. I wonder if Eno Benjamin becomes the thing. No, he's not, because Chase Edmonds <laughs> is a top 15 running back. Yeah, right. But the beauty is he doesn't even, like I said, I, I don't think he needs even that big of a, a bump in volume to be able to accomplish that threshold and I'm sticking to it. I'm I'm very excited about this ballsy take. Be sure to write that one. I what did we give the official ranking as? Oh yeah, we need to keep track of these. That's right. I'm sticking with I'm doing one ball for this one when it's all said and done. Michelle? Um I, I'm going one ball after all said and done, yeah. One ball. But I do think we need to take all these takes and write them down in a spreadsheet and see who like you our own take is what we are you know, graded on. Yeah, I think I think that sounds super fun. That is our show for today, everybody. Thank you so much for joining. As always, I'm your host, Kate. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. I'm Michelle. You can follow me at BallBlastEm, BallBlastEM. I'm Jake Trowbridge. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge. Stay tuned. Next week, we will be wrapping up free agency discussions. We're going to talk about those smexy tight ends. Ooh, so, so exciting. I feel like we're going to have to add in another segment because how many tight ends are there really? It's going to be a really short podcast. We could just say one line. None of them matter. Who cares? Move on. We're going to spend 20 minutes talking about Mo Alley Cox. That, <laughs> Look out. No, that's going to be a fun We'll come discussion. up with a fun segment before next week. We will. Everybody, please be sure uh follow us all on Twitter. Follow the show at BallBlastFB, and we will see you next week to... Talk some Mo Alley Cox. Bye, y'all. Bye. That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, and check out ballblastfootball.com for more league-winning advice.